BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. As we are brought in by the fire tones of the Tongans, with whom we give all deference to. That's like to my WGP tag team champion, Tongans, Thank you. whom we give all deference to. You are correct. I apologize. It's been a minute. The last time we started the show, it was pretty somber. So uh, welcome to another episode of The Outsider's Edge. You already heard Kyle. You heard me, your boy Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. We have a special guest, so first let me introduce the third of the triumvirate, Carl. What's happening, sir? What's going on, guys? Not much. Um, just another day in paradise. I thought you guys recorded an episode in between the Brody Lee episode and this one. Did we that not happen? Have, we were going to have one with our good friends from Keeping It Strong Style, but like we're four grown-ass men with grown-ass men lives, and sometimes mm-hmm. time just doesn't line up. That and that is perfectly fair. Scheduling is the hardest part about podcasting. So, it's in fact, speaking of scheduling, we're recording this show two days early to accommodate our good friend and our and our uh, special guest. I say special guest loosely because he's friend of the podcast. In fact, he might be my oldest friend in wrestling. Um, I right, well, damn, I got to list all these superlatives. Um. Former main page of Lords of Pain slash wrestling headlines. One of the best uh, podcasts. Well, he's retired since, but in the business. Not one, but two major books for sale. The greatest matches and rivalries of the WrestleMania era. And um, remind me of the second one. The WrestleMania era, the book of sports entertainment. Two of them. Go get both of them. I got both of them. And on top of that, he's the reason we have this podcast. And oh yeah, his gimmick ain't a doctor. His real life is a doctor. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. 
Chad Matthews, aka the Doc. Hey guys, welcome, uh, welcoming me back to this show. is a It's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm excited. A little rusty in the podcast game, uh, but happy to be on the show. Thank you for accommodating my schedule. Let's do it. Like I told you uh, when we talked about coming on the show, man, you family, bro. So anytime, we'll do what we can to uh, make it work for you because you you have a bit of an important job. So I think it's okay if we can move a couple days. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I reached out to Rance recently and said, I want to come on the show and talk about WWE because I like it. Can you have me on the show? And he was nice enough to get everybody together to let me talk to you guys about WWE for a change in a nice way. Well, I kind of want to jump right in with that because, like, I've been, you know, friends with you long enough, Chad, that, like, I've seen some of the ups and downs of your fandom. And, you know, not too long ago, you were in kind of, like, old man Tito territory where you had gotten, like, real, real jaded with the product and was just not feeling it. So, like, talk to us a little bit about that journey for you and how you managed to pull yourself out of the abyss. I was thinking about that recently. I'd say that the peak of my wrestling fandom as part of the internet community was probably around 2016 when I met Rance and Carl at WrestleMania weekend. And that was a blast. And and that, that whole year I enjoyed it. 2017 is when things started to go downhill to the point where it just sort of peaked with me needing to disconnect and get away from wrestling social media. I felt like getting caught up in all that made it hard to find that passion that initially made me want to do a wrestling podcast and write about wrestling in the first place. So I actually got to the point with with it all. I just stopped podcasting at the end of 2019. I deleted my Twitter account. I eliminated my other Facebook page. It was dedicated to the Doc Chad Matthews and all of the questions I would regularly ask on social media about wrestling. I just needed to get away from all that stuff and just reconnect with a more pure state of wrestling fandom. And and doing that pretty quickly along with the pandemic, which put things into perspective and made me realize that getting upset about wrestling really isn't worth it. Uh, really, it kind of <laughs> it put me in a, it put me in a much better position to look at something like, like WWE and realize, man, you know, there were reasons why I got jaded. I'm not going to delegitimize those reasons or the reasons why other people are jaded with it. I still get it, but I found a happy place with it and got to a place where I could just enjoy it again. You said something really important that's important to note is that there were reasons that you got jaded. And um, if anybody knows the history between between you and I going back 10 years now, bro, we old. Um, yes, we are. <laughs> uh, the we, We've always been, I don't want to call us frenemies because we've always been friends and it's always been respectful, but I've, we've always been kind of on the opposite of that spectrum. Um, and that I've on always... the opposite end of a fandom war, never. <laughs> hey, I'm saying it's, it shocks me too, right? Um, but in that, I I've always looked at things from a more positive standpoint. And you, for the majority of your tenure as a content creator, let's say, 
looked at things from a positive standpoint. But I want to give credence to you because I've always been able to understand the uh, reasons you got jaded or the issues you had, and they still are prevalent today. What about your break gave you kind of some, I don't want to say clarity, but some, some understanding or some comfort in bridging the gap between those issues and the product and enjoying it the way you do now? Well, I know I'm, I'm talk, talking to you guys on a wrestling podcast, and as wrestling podcasters, you guys are very well aware of the dynamic of, as you can, you can pretty much watch your, your own show's ratings. If you talk about WWE, then generally your ratings are going to go up. And yep. if you talk about anything else, generally your ratings are going to go down. I got into a bubble where it was, I had to talk about WWE because I got into a headspace of, I have developed a listenership and this listenership wants to hear me talk about this one specific product. I got sucked so far into that product. Taking a step out allowed me to watch other products, learn that these products offer me something WWE isn't. I'll go enjoy them for that. And then there are things about WWE I will always like, and I'll watch WWE for those things. But I also, I mean, I certainly have to admit that my my retirement, my my step back also coincided with a year in 2020 where I really felt like WWE did finally address some of the issues that I that had made me jaded. So that that also, I mean, to their credit, I think that that probably was I can't undersell that factor. They did some things that I'd been waiting for them to do for a while. And and, and that mattered as much as anything. So I wanted to just jump in real quick, Chad, because um of the of the three of us, of the three hosts here on the on the podcast, I am probably the one who takes breaks more than anybody. I, I am the bounce back and forth. I get bored with it. I get tired with it. That kind of thing. Um, I and I still to this day, like I don't watch nearly as much wrestling as the rest of these guys do. Ever. I mean, I watch SmackDown, the pay per views. Occasionally, I catch a Raw. And, and I might, if someone's like, hey, you got to watch this match that happened on another show, I might catch it. So I guess for you, I know you were getting, you mentioned you were getting pretty jaded with with the product, with WWE in general, but you were also watching other other shows, if I recall correctly, other, like maybe AEW, some of the other stuff. Um, New Japan, he started New Japan pretty heavy too. Yeah, so... Now that you've been back, are you still taking in the same amount of content, or have you scaled it back significantly? Uh, how how do you how do you decide what you do and do not watch uh, currently? As a it sounds like you're more of a, you're having you're just trying to have fun watching it as opposed to dissecting it so immensely like you did before. So I'm just curious about that. Taking 2020 to just take a step back and find that happier place with wrestling in general was amazing because it allowed me, I remember the, that was a new year's resolution 2020. And so what happens three days after new year's wrestle kingdom, which if you watch new Japan is just, I mean, I, I think wrestle kingdom is just in terms of what I want from a big wrestling show. It provides it in spades. Mm. I sat down last January 4th and it was Okada against 
Abushi, and Abushi is my favorite New Japan wrestler. And I just got immersed in it in a way that didn't require me to immediately jump online and talk about it in a way that didn't immediately cause me to need to get on a podcast and have a bunch of takes. I just watched it because I thought it would be fun, and it was amazing to sit back and watch it that way. And so I've actually, from there, you know, AEW had a great stretch of television to start out 2020, in my opinion, leading up to the Revolution show. I loved that as much as anything. I thought it was awesome watching the Royal Rumble last year. It just, just in general, being disconnected from the wrestling media helped me with every product I watch, just enjoy it more. But I found this kind of, it was almost like I actually described it in a personal journal I keep as it was like Nirvana watching all these wrestling shows without any commitment to say anything about it to anybody. So, you know, for me, that helped a lot with just taking a step back. My, my daughter eventually started to really enjoy WWE this past year. And so that's been another factor, too, is, you know, she wanted to watch SummerSlam. She went through a period you guys will love. You guys know me well enough to know when my daughter asked me, can you write that? She handed me a sticky pad and she handed me a pen and a sticky pad. She's eight. And, she, and this is all summer. She's like, can you write down a match for me to watch that you think I need to see and just leave it for me on the, <laughs> yeah. on the remote yeah. for when I wake up in the morning? And I'm like, you want me to do what? Yeah. Sure. And I'm so, but I, it's like everything's 15 minutes or less with her. So I'm having to, you know, I mean, my, you know, my, my mind for, for wrestling match history is just like, oh, 15 minutes or less. Okay. 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 So I'm just, I'm feeding her wrestling history and it's freaking glorious. And it's helping me reconnect with, uh, you know, with WWE on that level too, because that's all she likes. And so she wanted to watch some. SummerSlam live. She'd never watched a show live on pay-per-view before, late enough to stay up and watch the whole thing. So SummerSlam, which then turned into every subsequent live pay-per-view since with WWE. So it's just, in a lot of ways, it's just been, it's been great kind of through her eyes, through my own eyes, without having to be part of a wrestling media thing anymore. It's just been, it's been great. I feel like now if I wanted to do a podcast, I could. But I don't have to feel obligated to do it the next week and the next week and the next week and the next week and always have a fresh take and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Brother Carl has also been indoctrinating his children this year in the in the speedo fighting, as Ethan Page would call it. That's uh, true. And I fully support this indoctrination of y'all's kids because, you know, I need students to talk to about fun stuff. Um, so like, get on it with you, with your badass parent selves. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. No, it's good though, man. That's good. It's just the way, like, I mean, it's one of those things. I think I I told you guys a story before, but my daughter as well has been getting into it. And it's funny because the, the beautiful thing about kids watching wrestling is they get it. They actually get it. Like, we think we get it because we know all the backstage stuff and all the – we know everything about all these guys' lives now because of social media and stuff nah, like that. the kids get it because they enjoy it. Just right. What they, they, just what you give them. This is they, what the they, they, they understand. They understand the idea when it comes to, like – they know who to cheer for and who to boo for. 
based on particular things, you know, and I think that's kind of the main thing with kids. So it's good you've been able to do that. They they watch the product the way the people who make the product want the product to be watched. And that's important when you're when you're ingratiating yourself in the product. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at it from a higher arc or a higher lens, um, from a more um, knowledgeable standpoint. But ultimately, if I wrote a book, and I'm here with a two-time author, if I wrote a book, I'm writing the book for you to read it a certain way. It's cool if you got something out different from it, but the goal is hopefully for you to read it the way I envisioned you to read it. You know what I mean? So, and I think a lot of us. Uh, you know, we've been we've been watching this so long. You know what I'm saying? All of us in here are, are in our thirties, I believe. Yeah, Chad, you're still in your thirties, right? Because you're close to the. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm getting closer to the to the four zero, but yeah. Yeah, I know you you and Carl are closer in age than you and I, but we're all we're all men in our basically in our thirties, and uh, we've been watching this for a long time. But ultimately, what drew us to the business in the first place? My grandpa brought me onto the business, and the thing that caught me was. I saw seven people jumping, a seven foot, five hundred pound dude, and I was like, "Oh, well, this this is weird. What is this?" Next thing you know, I was hooked, and you know, so it's cool to see our children kind of giving us the clarity as fans that we ourselves maybe had lost because you put it so eloquently. We're in the bubble, man. Like when this is when this is a regular thing for you and almost like a job. You kind of lose that objectivity because you feel the ne- the necessity to have to. Well, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. And you might, I and if I may, Carl, I don't want to call you out because this isn't a call out. But Carl dropped off the podcast for almost a year because yeah, of the <laughs> because of the every we got to do this. We got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. And he would be like, I don't even watch what you want me to say. <laughs> you know. So I get it. I get it. So it's good to see you back. Um, before we move on, I want to ask, just for the purpose of the audience listening, what were the issues that initially drove you away from the product in the first place? WWE in particular. Who I feel that op- I feel like that opens up a can of worms. We don't have to do go it. there if you don't want to. I'm not trying do, to do it. We're here would, for it. I'll say probably the the biggest thing to me that if I had to put a knife bow on it it would be outside of the women's division i felt like wwe had lost the ability to give the same kind of opportunities to the modern stars that they did that allowed their previous past stars to become the stars they were edge was always an example i used when i would talk about this on my podcast edge was given opportunities to become who he became and he is who he is today in wrestling history because of those opportunities. If you didn't give him consistent opportunities to be Edge, then he wouldn't be. And I felt like up until, well, you know, I will use Drew McIntyre as a great example this year. And then, of course, it remains to be seen if it will carry over further on into the future. But I felt like Drew McIntyre was one of the first male stars in a long time that WWE gave gave a good faster push to and let the guy sink or swim. And I mean, obviously there have been examples of guys that have gotten pushes, but the kind of consistency where, where 
you could look at years down the road and start fantasy booking what Drew McIntyre might do. I felt like there was not that kind of consistency in the pushes, which made me basically feel like WWE had become solely dependent upon nostalgia to drive the ship. And that's not what renews fandom every year. So uh, that became really hard for me when you start adding it up amongst other factors. Uh, I would say I've always pointed toward the 2017 push of Jinder Mahal out of no to the WWE and championship. Starts, and no comment. And yeah, what that was the biggest thing to me. I mean, that started the downfall. Against Sami Zayn that goes all the way back to 2017 <laughs> when the Bollywood boys screwed him out of the number one contendership. It's long-term booking. It's a conspiracy. That is so funny. It's, it's Sami Zayn being a genius is right what it now. is. It's the greatest story in WWE right now that doesn't include my tribal chief. I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. You're right. My man came out with the documentary crew. That is the funniest thing the I've ever seen. The crew escorting him to the ring. Oh. Um, so if I... Kyle, can I can I be a journalist? Can I do some journalism? I give you permission to carny journalism. Thank you, sir. Um, Chad mentioned his issues with WWE's kind of fetish about nostalgia. And you spoke about Drew. Coming up at the Royal Rumble, COVID, you know, notwithstanding if Drew can be healthy, we have Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against Goldberg. And there's been quite the controversy about that. We've argued about that. Kyle and I are completely against the, the, the idea of Goldberg possibly winning another championship going into WrestleMania. Get Carl's all Gen for Xers it. Xers the fuck up I, I, on main event. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not all for it. I'm fine with the match. Goldberg should not win the title. He shouldn't. So I'm with you guys on Goldberg, that. Okay? I don't care if they have a match. I really don't. Goldberg being in this title match is just as infuriating to me as 61-year-old Sting intimidating all of Team Taz week after week after week. I'm like, there is four of y'all. And he's... Face paint is scary, Kyle. Sorry, I forgot the face paint. He ain't even coming out the rafters no more. He'd bust a hip. What's the the crazy part about go to move on this tangent? The crazy part is, most of the time he's walking out damn near the same tunnel they are. Like, what are you scared of? You can jump him. Like, why are you terrified? Brian Cage is looking like, you know, Wolverine over there. Powerhouse Hobbs looking like Mr. T. Like, it's terrifying people. Taz does commentary half the time. Have Taz jump this old ass motherfucker from behind. Hit him like, what are we doing? The Taz mission. But so the reason I wanted to bring up the the Rumble title match, and we can even go into the whole controversy between Roman and Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce. And if you don't know about Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce, you will learn soon. Um, but I found it interesting when you and I talked about this, Chad, because and both of us came to the conclusion, and I'm I know I'm putting the horse before the cart before the horse. But both of us came to the conclusion that as long as Goldberg doesn't win, I feel like the match has a purpose. 
But the most interesting thing to me was, and this is how you can tell you are completely rejuvenated. Your first thought was, eh, doesn't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and part of that comes from the Drew McIntyre push over the pack last year, where you can look at the, the position he's in. I watched him. Uh, I don't know if you guys if you guys watched the uh, the Broken Skull sessions with him and Steve Austin, but Great I mean stuff. if you listen to that guy, doesn't he sound like? I mean, he sounds like he is taking pages straight out of John Cena's playbook. He is a company guy. You can tell he's got the company's backing. I mean, c- compare and contrast that to the Dean Ambrose interview from five six years ago. Um, I mean, it's night and day. I mean, it, Drew McIntyre is comfortable in his own skin he looks the part he's had a great year they've pushed him like crazy to me when he won the title back from randy orton that pretty much stamped him as okay this is going to be the guy this is going to be one of the guys who leads this promotion for the foreseeable future so when they book him against goldberg my initial reaction is he's just drew back and he's just drew mcintyre fodder i mean he's gonna drew mcintyre will use this as a platform to tell a story that will resonate with a different part of the fan base if they allow it to. And the night, even even if people don't aren't into it, by the time the night comes, when he hits the Claymore, as Goldberg's running his old ass straight into it, then, and the one, two, three is, is counted, and he's raising the championship, it's going to boost his stock. It's going to make people happy that he beat Goldberg since Goldberg is basically not lost lost to anybody in his generation and it's going to uh it's going to be a good moment i'm fine with it i think you know i think about it now from the perspective watching it with my daughter i think that my my real last name is mcintyre fyi so i love drew mcintyre for that reason and so you know you've got that but my daughter is you know be watching a mcintyre beat this old goldberg guy whose streak we watched a documentary about a couple days ago and you know, it's going to be a moment. So I'm cool. I'm, I'm good with it. But if Goldberg beats Drew McIntyre, then it just Ooh. opens up that whole thing that I had such an issue. Don't with even before. put that juju out into the ether, Chad. Like, come on, man. It can't happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, why? Why would it happen? I mean, at this point, you, there's. I mean. It just, this is 2021. We we had a we had an attempted coup like a week ago. Like you think that they won't put Goldberg over Drew McIntyre? Anything is possible. Well, anything can happen. <laughs> I, I, happen I, yeah. so, I, I got to be honest with you. To not, it's a good thing not to be super tapped into wrestling Twitter because if you're not, then. That whole thing is like, okay, you, you you judge it for whatever you judge it for, and you don't hear, hear all the other noise. And then it's it's just, you know, it is. We're, we're going to have. Uh, the, one of the best things about. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll get to wrestling. Yeah, we're going to have the Twitter conversation. Oh, yeah. First, let's talk about. First, let's talk about just real quick, if for no other reason than to give it its flowers. Let's talk about Scrap Daddy versus our tribal chief. Like, how great is that fucking story? So before we talk about the story, because I want to break down both stories, because both stories are fantastic, I think, if you look at them in the way they're supposed to be presented. However, it's so interesting to me, and again, we, we have an actual pointed discussion that we want to have about wrestling Twitter and the pros and cons of it, but it's so interesting to me that 
every year we go into the Rumble thinking, oh, man, well, the title matches don't really matter. Historically, the title matches at the Royal Rumble are important, but they're secondary to the actual Rumble matches, so you can do some kind of funky things. Jeff Hardy had his first one-on-one title match there. Dolph Ziggler had a one-on-one title match there. I think Ray Mysterio had a a title match there. Against Brock Lesnar, no less. You don't typically see title changes at the Royal Rumble either. The last one I can remember was John Cena winning his 16th over AJ Styles in 2017. I believe that's the last one. Even even better point. So uh, what was it, the the match that uh, Jericho was in the shark cage? Like, you do some weird things, right? Um, So I think it's interesting to see so much of the, is backlash a fair word, y'all, with both of these matches? Especially going in, and we know why it's with Goldberg and Drew, but with the Roman and with the Adam Pierce thing, a lot of people lost their minds at the fact that Shinsuke kind of got reheated in one night and looked every bit the Shinsuke that we were, was advertised when he got signed. And then shenanigan happens, and the real boss of SmackDown, our tribal chief, flexed his muscle as the real boss of SmackDown. And found a legal way to beat up a WWE official. So I think that's genius. So here's the problem. Here there are two problems. Here's the two problems. And they're both problems with the fans, not with the story, because the story is brilliant. The first problem is a lot of these fans are showing their age and their ignorance. Because a lot of these fans don't know who the scrap daddy is. That's right. They don't understand. Like they don't understand like who the scrap daddy is. So, like, they're showing their age and their ignorance. But um, the so the second thing there is because they don't understand that, what they see is, oh, we're going to put Roman against some bumfuck authority figure in a title match in a major pay-per-view. What's yeah. this? This is bullshit. It's like, no, no, no. Scrap Daddy can go. Like, you're just mad because you're doing what you always do. You're watching something happen, and you're thinking about what you want, not the story they're telling you. Because the story yeah. they're telling you was never going to end with Shinsuke versus Roman. As that is a rumble as they said, As soon as they said Scrap Daddy was in the gauntlet match, it only ended one of two ways. It either ended with Scrap Daddy winning the gauntlet match, or him getting his ass kicked and being served up as cannon fodder to Daniel Bryan. Those were the so- only two ways. So I, I think, first of all, if you have watched Adam Pierce wrestle, you know what he's capable of. And first, and Roman's going to make him look like a, a bajillion dollars, even if he's wrestling and hadn't wrestled in six years. Jay, I mean, Jay Uso, not exactly the best wrestler in the world, has looked amazing in all of his, you know, all the matches. And he sold that super yet. kick from Jay. Like, yeah. Adam Pierce sold that super kick from Jay so good. Like, he did. It was nice. But the other cool. thing I think people are missing about this is first of all, much like Goldberg, we're pretty much well. Goldberg's, I would imagine, has a better chance, but Adam Pierce is not winning the Universal Title. Okay, so the the whole purpose, in my opinion, when I watched this, I thought when I was watching it live, and I'm sitting here thinking, "Damn, Shinsuke, this is that's probably the best match he's had since Sami Zayn when he first came to the damn company." And the other thing about it is, it had that Kofi feel to it with Shinsuke he's running the gauntlet and he looks amazing and everyone's behind him. I guarantee you if there had been a live crowd, like a real, a true live crowd, the place would have been going nuts for him. hundred percent chance of that. 
So, but the beauty of that is he got screwed over, right? So you've got all Roman Reigns is doing nothing but burning bridges and he is making enemies everywhere. And so that's kind of, I think, the, 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 the beauty of this story is it's not so much the Adam Pierce thing. It's the he screwed over Shinsuke to get to Adam Pierce thing. And so now you've got all these different people. Daniel Bryan has hinted at one of the chance at, at Roman. Now you've got Shinsuke Nakamura who has beef with Roman. Jey Uso, I mean, let's be honest, he could very clearly have beef with him still at some point. Like that is Kevin Owens. He just last time we saw him, he was getting tossed off the damn crowd. So I mean, this is there's a lot more going on. The wheels are in motion for something different. I don't think. I don't know what it is yet. I mean, I've, I've definitely got my my guesses and my thoughts, but I think there's a lot more that people are missing. If you just if you scratch if you if you're only looking at it at a surface level, I can understand why you're like, oh fuck, you know, Adam Pierce Roman Reigns. But if you aren't gonna take you got to take a look at what we talk about, and this is why I got we'll talk about wrestling Twitter in a little bit. And I one of the reasons I got on there and I was like, you guys don't want you guys don't want slow burns. Seth Rollins mentioned it a million however long ago. He was right. It's just too, it's that instant gratification. We want this. We see it happening. It looks like it's unfolding. Give it to us. And well, you know, maybe there's a bigger story to be told here. Like it, it, people, there's just a lot to be, you have to dig apart the layers. If you want WWE to tell good stories, you got to give them a chance to tell them. And before I give it to you, Chad, I want to add one more thing and tell me if you disagree or not. I feel like while the the overall fandom is still fairly the same and kind of is looks for or is wants the, the similar same similar things they've always wanted. I feel like this more vocal contingent group, um, and you can call them my debut C, you can call them vocal fans, whatever you want to call them, is so much more interested in the in ring that when they saw Shinsuke look great in ring, they thought that should have superseded the actual story being told. And if you look at what WWE always does, and particularly with Roman Reigns' tribal chief character, what he's done since he's come back, it has been all story. And it's been, personally to me, fantastic story. And so this falls in that wheelhouse of the stories they're telling with Roman. So, floor's yours. Yeah, I agree with that, certainly to a degree. But I think at this point, it's in Roman we trust. Everything that guy has done for the past six months has been amazing. There is no reason to doubt that he is going to do anything but make something great out of this. What proof do we have otherwise? Everything that he has done on pay-per-view since he came back at SummerSlam has been absolutely fantastic. It's everything we thought Roman Reigns as a heel could be but a different take entirely on it. It's been just, I wrote in a column, I actually got on wrestling headlines to write just a couple of weeks ago. And I said, if they start including WWE in the Emmy awards, give one of those to Roman Reigns. I don't know anything about scrap daddy, Adam Pierce, other than the fact that he used to be a wrestler and he was the NWA champion, I think, but I five times background five times. Yeah. But he, he got the Booker T five times. Five times. How about that? Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, I mean, he's in good shape. He sold that super kick like a champ. You know, I mean, it, Roman Reigns is going to take and make this into something special. And I hope it just leads to whenever he does get an opponent, 
that he can go out there and, and have that five-star classic people want to see that it all ends up adding up story layer by story layer, as Carl mentioned. I mean, it's just, it's going to be cool to see where it leads. But I mean, it's another one of those instances where, sure, I mean, if you're a card-carrying member of the internet wrestling community, and let's say like myself, you didn't actually watch SmackDown, but you jumped on the the headlines the following morning while perhaps creating a big board of all the people that are going to be in the Royal Rumble match with your kid and saw Adam Pierce is going to wrestle Roman Reigns at, rest, at, at, at the Royal Rumble, sure, you're naturally going to go, oh, wait, what? He's going to be wrestling who? Why? But then you go back and you watch SmackDown and see the story they told. Like, oh, okay, Roman Reigns is adding another layer to his scumbag bully routine and it's fantastic enough to where you know that's the thing i mean that and i think that that speaks hey now, to a point hey now he's not What's a up? bully he's not a bully he has been disrespected as the head of the table and disrespect interferes with his ability to put food on the table this is what i was talking about that- earlier about how the kids get it and we don't roman <laughs> rage is a bully <laughs> Oh, no, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to Uncle Kyle the shit out of these children and just be like, no, it's a conspiracy. Sammy's got that camera crew. It's a conspiracy. Funny funny you mentioned that because because, uh, Carl's kids call me Uncle Rance. I got beef with Carl's daughter. When I see her, we're going to have a conversation Ah. because she calls Roman a bully and her favorite wrestler is Becky Lynch. What? Becky Lynch is the man, though. That's that's there's you know the man who bullies all the others. Nah. Did you see how she treated Edge? She was like, you if you if you wanted that stack of sec, if you didn't have that stack of dimes neck you had, you'd do something about it. Yeah. So mean. To be fair, the only out of a car just so she could try to break Ronda Rousey's arm, just cause, just. Cause. Oh wow, that's that's where we're going with that one. Okay, bully. Okay, um. No, uh, I, I, and I do think kind of put kind of to put a bow on this. If there were fans in the stadium, and you were trying to draw a crowd, and they've put the rumble in baseball arenas recently in the past few years, because um, rest uh, the the rumble that uh, drew one the last semblance of real life as we knew it. Carl and I were there. Um, yeah, it, it was here in Houston. Um. Jealous, may, you got may, to be a person for the edge pop. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. Me too. That was. We don't get those cool shows in Charlotte. Yeah, uh, uh, you guys are familiar with Doc Curse, right? <laughs> Doc Curse. Yes, I am. And yes. No, no paper for you. I attend is is worth a damn. Some of the worst pay-per-views of all time. If you want a pay-per-view to be bad, you just put it in, in driving distance of me. And I, I would say uh, come to the South, but we both went to WrestleMania 32, so that don't count. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Um, but no, if they had to draw a crowd, maybe they wouldn't do these matches. Um, but you can take a little, you can take a few chances when you in the Thunderdome, you know. Um, but I do, I. I feel like all of us are chomping at the bit to kind of get on this wrestling Twitter situation. So you asked me, Chad, um, what did I think the value of wrestling Twitter was? And 
I initially gave you a quick, instant answer, but I thought about it. And I think much like any Twitter, wrestling Twitter, Star Wars Twitter, comics Twitter, black Twitter, any sub Twitter you got, I think there are, I think both, I think there are massive positives and extreme lows. And I mean, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but in speaking in wrestling's perspective, I feel, like, and I mean, all four of you guys, all three of you guys rock, have been rocking me for a long time. So you kind of know my ide- ideology about these things. I feel like that clearly Twitter gives a platform to people that they never had before. That's, that's number one. But I feel like we have kind of worked ourselves into a shoot when it comes to wrestling, to use some wrestling nomenclature. And that because we know so much and because the wrestlers are so easily accessible to us and because, you know, I can tell you what a powder is just like they, they can. And if they say some, uh, if they say something, I can tell you what that means. So clearly I know what they know that I feel like we have convinced ourselves that we are, not if not equals, just as knowledgeable as these people, and I feel like that wouldn't have happened if we wouldn't have if we would didn't know so much about the product from a behind the scenes standpoint. Um, I'm not saying the product is worse or better for it because there are pros and cons to everything, but wrestling Twitter has kind of highlighted kind of I think the worst part of fandom that there is, and that is entitlement. Because if I'm like, go ahead, go ahead, Kyle. Wrestling Twitter's problem is that wrestling Twitter is sports Twitter and wrestling is entertainment. And this creates an issue because like any, the biggest problem with Twitter legitimately is that like, it gives all the, it gives all of us clowns a platform. And I say all of us clowns because we're all fucking clowns. We are all fucking clowns. Everyone. Everyone who is on social media is a fucking clown because you have this platform and this opportunity to speak. So you feel like you're entitled to do so and that you can. Um, But the issue with wrestling is that like you talking about wrestling like it's actual sport and like how you want to book the show is it's no different than Monday morning quarterbacking. It's Mm -hmm. the same thing. It's the same thing. Um Fantasy booking is just like fantasy coaching. Um, But the problem is wrestling is not that same kind of medium. And the more we try to make it that medium, like you, the ways that you can incorporate sport into wrestling are like, you can objectively judge someone's ability as a performer. You can objectively judge that based on a standard criteria and like a set of expectations for what it takes to be within an industry. Um, that is an aspect of sport that you can bring into wrestling, but you can't treat wrestling like it's sports and people treat it too much. Like it's fucking sports. You're not a fucking coach. You're not, you're fucking not. I have a different take on wrestling Twitter. Surprisingly. Um, I, I probably use Twitter of the four of us. I'm going to go ahead and say, I use it probably more than any of us. You know, Uh, probably about it, son. Yeah. I, I use it a lot. I, I like it. Um, but wrestling Twitter is everything you guys just said it was is 100% true. There's nothing 
wrong about anything that just came out of either one of your mouths. And I'm sure when Chad speaks here in a minute, he's going to say lots of things that are correct. Wrestling Twitter is a cesspool in a lot of ways. There's just no way around it. As it is with any fandom, you're going to have jackasses. You're going to have great people too. This is just the way it is. So I don't poo-poo it for that as much. Um, I do poo-poo it when you get people that are negative about everything. It's like, okay, if you hate it so much, as we've said a million times, you hate it so much, at what point do you take a step back and say, I need to stop? Kind of like, you know, Chad, not saying you were hating it, Chad, but, you know, you had, you needed to take some time away. And that is, you know, how hard is that? But my take on wrestling Twitter is this. There is... One great thing, lots of good things that have come out of it, but the one great thing that has come out of wrestling Twitter, in my opinion, is we have been able, and this may be just be social media at large, but we've been able to expose a shit ton of That's scumbags in bad. the wrestling industry because of social media and because of people, uh, a lot of women who've been willing to give their test testimonies about what has happened to them behind the scenes. We all know wrestlers, the wrestling world can be filthy and dirty and not cool. And I think that that is one thing that we, if we didn't have wrestling Twitter or or social media in general, these types of things would not come out and people would not be getting exposed and the same assholes like Joey Ryan or, David Starr. Um, yeah, you, you took it took a name out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah, these guys, we would know nothing, you know, and we'd still go around and allow them to be these wolves in sheep's clothing all the time. And we'd never know any better. We'd never be any of the wiser. So I think that that in and of itself, coupled with the good that is out there in wrestling Twitter, it exists, the fun and the memes and stuff like that, outweighs the shenaniganery, as we like to say, that goes on in Twitter. and Because you can always block someone. If you don't want to hear what someone has to say, you can filter them right on out. And so I think that is something that should be considered when we have this conversation. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. I think the biggest problem with wrestling Twitter is the same biggest problem that social media at large faces and that it has become primary platform for people to share their thoughts on all of the shit going on in the world that is the platform primarily used not to share what we love about wrestling but what we don't like about wrestling there are not a whole lot of takes out there when you peruse wrestling twitter 
and I've just come back to it. I mean, I only follow like 50 people and most of what I see go across my wrestling Twitter feed is I didn't like this. I didn't like this. I didn't like this. This sucks. I wish this were better. Why is Sting here? Why is this guy here? Why is Goldberg? Why is Adam Pierce? Why isn't this this person getting pushed? It's the same old crap. And at some point that tide shifted in that direction. And I think social media in general probably shifted around that same point where it became a platform for everybody to air their grievances instead of share in their joy. And that's a societal problem as much as it's a social media problem. But wrestling Twitter certainly is affected by that. And I go back and I say what I said, what I mentioned earlier about needing to get away from that. I, I lost my joy for the very thing that I, I dedicated time to talking about. And when it was fun and when you could block out all of that negative, that negativity and noise, it was great. I mean, you guys, just before, before we went on the air, we talked about how you guys have been doing this for going on five years. That's a lot of time dedicated to pro wrestling. And if it's fun, if it brings you joy, then that's, that's why you do it. Even if you end up talking about some things critically, that doesn't matter. If you're having a good time doing it and you share in a good conversation about it, it is what it is. But if it turns into this, as, as Carl mentioned earlier, cesspool where just everybody's just crapping on stuff all the time and you get sucked into that, it, it's hard to get out of it. And, uh, and so that was partly why I just said, okay, I'm just deleting my Twitter account because I just, I, I don't think that I can go I can wade my way through the crap to get back to what I liked about this platform. I'm just going to quit and start over with it. And so, you know, I think it's, uh, it, it needs, it may, I don't think it, it, that society is trending in a positive, let's talk about things that add up. Like I just, I, wrote, I posted this video at my office uh, just a couple of days ago that, that talked about, all right, tw- 21. 2020 was filled with a whole bunch of stuff where people were, if you have this column, you're filling with positive things, and this column, you're filling with negative things. This stuff is constructive. This stuff is destructive. If you're skewing things toward destructive, that's not a healthy lifestyle. Consider changing things up and refocusing your, your attention because, you know, your mind, your mind is like a, a plot of, 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 of it's, it's like a, a piece of land full of fertile soil. And it doesn't, and the mind doesn't care, nor the nor does the soil care what you plant there. But whatever you plant there, you're going to reap what you sow. So, are you going to plant poisonous flowers, or are you going to plant something constructive? And wrestling Twitter has become such a such an environment of poisonous flowers that it's hard to. Yeah, I mean, there are positive things, like Carl mentioned about. Um, about about some of the stuff of exposing the scumbags in wrestling. That's a great thing. You know, giving people a platform to unite is a great thing. But it's just that to me, there, there's too many negatives about social media for it to be an overly net positive thing anymore in my mind. So that's it's it's a uh, it's an interesting conversation, but it, it can get pretty deep with it. I think social media went too hard, did a too hard overcorrection. What I mean by that is. When we first had social media, the big problem was everybody was lying about how happy they were. And like (laughs) you were constantly only posting the pictures where you had a good hair day or where you were with your boo or like posting my food. Yeah, like 
oh, like, I just got paid, these kinds of shit. You were only posting the good shit when social media was first a thing, mostly because when social media was first a thing, it was mostly for, like, teenagers and 20-somethings who don't have, like, they they have problems, but the levels of their problems are not the same in most cases. And so, like, you're only posting positive things. Now the overcorrection to that has happened. And so, like, in an effort to not always be positive, now we're always just constantly fucking negative. Like, people are trying not to, like, put their good vibes out there. And I'm just like, no, y'all, we need these good vibes. 2020 sucked. Put all your good vibes out. Yeah, it's it's one thing to... <laughs> Kyle and I have this personal argument with each other in that he says I'm, I'm a cynic and I say I'm pragmatic. And it's one thing if you're being... If you feel like you're just telling your truth. And I, I, I don't begrudge anybody for that. It's another thing when you're looking for, for the negative shit to talk about. When your goal is to just shit on something because you you absolutely can. And I feel like so much of what wrestling Twitter has become is that latter. But I broached this question to all of you. Um, I think the world has changed irreputably in that social media and the internet in general has become the the way now. To to steal the pun from the Mandalorian, it's the this way. It's the way. This is the way. Um, what do you think about wrestling Twitter from a positive or negative standpoint? in regards to the wrestling companies and having to use it, their um, engagement with it, does it help their product or not? Does it help the business or not? So much of this argument we have over ratings, which is bullshit to begin with, ignores the reach of social media. Does that play a part in it? Like, what do you think about it from the wrestling company standpoint? I, I mean, what I kind of look at it, it's it's hard to pin it down to being positive or negative because i think once again i think it's a little bit of both i mean you get you you run into these situations um if you already have a wrestler that you don't like right let's just say that it could be anybody i don't it doesn't matter who it is for a certain person in this call gender mahal right but if you already have a let's say you let's let's see chad let's say let's perfect example chad doesn't care for gender mahal right gender mahal doesn't really use twitter to the best of my knowledge but if he did that's fair that's if he was if he was one of these guys that used it a lot chad isn't going to jump into gender mahal's mentions every five seconds and tell him how much he sucks he's not gonna (laughs) he's not gonna quote tweet a gender mahal tweet and call him some racial slur so the one thing that you you can run into with twitter is the scourge of the earth and so I think that there's you, you get these people that take the opportunity to attack wrestlers that have done nothing. Like that's like they're mad at them because they don't like them, so they choose to attack things that don't matter at all. It's um, the it's the anonymity. Yeah. However you say that word, I'm sorry, teacher. <laughs> anonymity. Yeah, I can't say that, it either. So yeah. I don't feel bad. I I didn't graduate college. I'm sorry. So that that <laughs> so that is that's one thing. On the positive side, though, you also get cool interactions. I mean, you like, I mean, you get some of these wrestlers who respond to people and it makes someone's fucking day. You know what I mean? Or a lot of times, sometimes these guys will share like a GoFundMe page or they'll, you know, something, some kind of random act of kindness that will help somebody out. Um, so from oh, a company, pers- right? So from a company perspective, I think that there's, it's good and bad. If you can filter out the bad. 
And a lot of these, you know, guys are going to ignore some of this stuff. A lot of the wrestlers, they get so many people in their mentions all the time bothering them, but they're going to not even going to see a lot of it. You would hope. Maybe some of them do scroll like crazy people. I don't know, but I mean, some people are notorious vanity searchers. We know this. Tr- that's true. I know. And, I, I know where you're going with that, but I, yeah, I just, just I, I, I'm not throwing any names out there. It's just a genuine fact. Some people are notorious yeah. vanity searchers. Yeah, sure. And and to that note, some people pay more attention because I have quite a few wrestlers that follow me, and y'all know I don't tweet shit. Right, right, right. So I, I just think there's kind of like a, I think for the company, it, the company itself. If they didn't want to deal with it, they wouldn't. I mean, they could. I, I feel like they could put a lid on it to some degree. Um, <laughs> it, it would bre- open up the can of worms of independent contractor and all that shit again. But the point being, they, they can. There are ways to kind of work with it, and I think they've kind of let these guys be who they are for a reason on social media. It, it gives them the opportunity to interact with people and get to know them a little bit better. Um, but like I said, I mean, you just there's always going to be those people who are going to get in there and they're going to be assholes about it and try and hurt someone, attack someone's character, and there's just no way around it. So once again, it's it's both. It's positive. It's negative. I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer. Certainly companies like AEW have greatly benefited from wrestling Twitter in a positive way. They may not, not exist without it. Companies like New Japan, the popularity they've gained over the past five, six years in North America may not have happened without social media. I mean, they've all gained a lot of value from social media. I think a company like WWE is in a little bit more of a position to be have a a more negative impact by, by something like social media, like Twitter, because number one, the, the product that they have, I mean, they went through a period of time where they're, booking strategy was to antagonize wrestling Twitter. You know, I mean, we went through a period in, in WWE lore all about poking Daniel Bryan. The the whole reality era was designed to take the stuff that they perceived on the internet to be negative, throw it back at us in some sort of story form. And that alone, I mean, it set it up to where Twitter was you business positive way that got a negative reaction on purpose. It's weird. I think WWE is just, there's so much more history there. And I think Twitter generally tends to get the underdog as in life. And a lot of these other companies are being and being an alternative to WWE. They naturally fall in into a more positive space in the Twitter sphere. So I think it can, it's, it's, it's positive and negative as, as Carl said, I mean, it's, it's hard to really, I think that's an interesting question. I'd have to really sit down and marinate on it for a while to, to give a, a really good thorough answer. But I mean, I think WWE set up for it to be more of a negative thing where these other com- companies, at least at present time, are set up for it to be more of a platform to get their message out there and to get more of a following from people that are jaded by a company that currently it's the mothership. You know, Part, when I think of that question I just asked about wrestling companies and wrestling Twitter, and yes, you can talk about the engagement, but my my thought process immediately goes to the ratings conversation again. And what I mean by that is, um, I feel like so much of the rest of TV ratings in general are antiquated because everybody doesn't watch TV the same way. Um, Kyle doesn't have TV; he has Hulu. And so everything he watches is streamed in some form or fashion. Carl doesn't have any cable. 
So anything he's watching is either going to be broadcast or streaming of some sort. So I think about it and, you know, we get these ratings reviews every, every, uh, what is it? Every, the next day at like four o'clock or whatever. And especially, you know, the Wednesday night skirmish is not a war. Uh, the Wednesday night debate, the slap fight, Wednesday night slap fight. Yes. Is, uh, that's been a big thing in the news, but it's interesting to me that we are so willing to take the so willing to take the information from a Nielsen box, which if you go research what the Nielsen box is, you'll see how really unreliable those things can be. And then when you look at social media interactions, and this isn't me propping up WWE, this is just speaking of the medium in general. The social media interactions are through the roof for every company, especially for WWE, you know, or the YouTube uh, views are crazy through the roof, you know, and but this all but they're never accepted. So I always wonder, it's like we pick and choose when social media matters and when it doesn't and wrestling Twitter. And that's something that you know me well, all three of you know me well, that bothers me because I'm all about Consistency. My brain doesn't understand the inconsistency of that, um, and so I'll, I would add that to the conversation because engagement is something you can very clearly see. If I tweet out um, at Roman Reigns, "Hey, it's my birthday today. Can I get a shout out?" and he don't shout me out, that's cut and dry. Everybody can see that, right? But it's the stuff underneath, un- the stuff under the layers that nobody can see that. I think adds to it because these are the things you wonder why Chad and I would argue all the time about why WWE makes so much money. Well, look at their social media engagement. They may not have the ratings that they have once, but more people are talking about the product. More people are interacting and engaging with the product than ever before. You said it yourself. AEW wouldn't exist without social media. People who ask that question are being disingenuous anyway because you want to know why WWE's got that kind of money? Ask or Say the words professional wrestling to a non-wrestling fan. A non-wrestling fan in the United States. Just say the word pro wrestling to them. And I guarantee you within within five words you're going to hear the phrase WWE. Well, it's market share. It's market share. Um, All four of us are from the South. So if I asked you for a soda, what would you say? Well, I, I'm from the Carolinas, so I'm a I'm Coke. A, I'm a Pepsi. Coke. Kid. Thank you, Chad. Thank you. Thank you, Chad and Carl. Yes. If Fuck I y'all. asked for it, if I asked you for a tissue, what would you say? Like a Kleenex. 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 If I needed to make a copy, what would you say? A copy? Uh, that Xerox? Xerox is not a thing anymore, am, buddy. How am how how am I Xerox one of the youngest on the show? It, no, well, we I, I work in it IT, is, but like Xerox is not a thing anymore. <laughs> I'm the youngest person on the show. Um, your better one would have been if you needed a bandage. What would we say? There you go. Like a bandage. Brand exactly. Exactly. It, brand awareness is probably a better word than market share. I, I've called it market share for so long, but it is brand awareness. We joke all the time, but it's facts. Kurt Angle wrestled in TNA probably twice as long as he did in WWE, maybe give or take a year or two. And people would see him six, seven years after the fact and be like, yo, why you retire? 
It's like I just had a match last night on TV. <laughs> so, uh, but I just think that's important to know. Y'all guys can take that where you want to go with it. I have nowhere I want to go with it, so. Well, damn, can I cough and pass it off to y'all for a minute? My God, I, journalism. I mean, um, yeah, you can cough and pass it off to us, but don't wait until we're done with the topic to pass you, it you off. You coughed and passed it on, but I had my mask on, so I didn't catch any of that. So. We're better than that, sir. I thought we understood how this journalism thing works, Okay. We are we are very open about the fact that this is carny journalism, sir. Carny journalism oh. to cover a carny industry. So this is something I don't normally do, but I need to start doing. Speaking of journalism, carny journalism at that, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash the chair shot. Go buy a shirt. We have a shirt. Hashtag journalism. Many other wonderful shirts. I have that shirt. Team. Jesus did the job, which is another shirt that I had to play in. Lots of things. Check it out. Go buy a shirt. Hey, pay for this. Doing plugs on this show. It's only because of Chair Shot Radio, and I get yelled at all the time. So thank you. Now uh, we need the you. sound. Now all we need is the uh, soundboard. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, there will it. never be a soundboard as long as <laughs> I am a part of this show. Don't, don't let me get that because I will spam the shit out of that air horn. I know you would. I know you would. And I will fly to Houston and shove that air horn up your ass, son. Okay, well, if that's the reason for you to finally get down here, then I'll, I'm going to get that thing tomorrow. I'm going to have that. Uh, Chad going to have to surgically remove it. Oh, well. he's Chad is, you're an internist, aren't you, Chad? Technically? Neuro. Oh, well, never mind then. So, I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to shove it so far up your ass, it's going to... Up in the skulls and shit. I mean, you know, technically, surgery is still surgery. That's not your expertise, but I'm sure you can cut me open. Um, so we norm we'll have a full on full show dedicated Royal Rumble preview. However, we're getting to that point where speculation is getting really interesting, and uh, there are we're. It's always fun at the beginning of the Rumble season because you have a couple of favorites and then a couple people pop up that you weren't thinking of before, like Shinsuke popped up out of nowhere. I wouldn't have thought he would have even have mattered in this Rumble. Now, I question that. So I'm curious to think where you guys think these Rumble matches are going. And not just the men's, but the but the women's too. Um, because, you know, y'all know I'm the guy that makes a WrestleMania preview. Uh, I make my WrestleMania card the day after WrestleMania. <laughs> so I'm that guy. So I'm curious to see I love what that you, you still do that. Dog, I yes, Chad. Every the day after WrestleMania, so around SummerSlam, basically around all the big pay per views, I'm like, okay, this is WrestleMania this year. Oh, uh, I used to love doing that. That was my favorite thing. Brings me so much joy. And these two assholes hate it. So Nerd. thank you. <laughs> thank you for. Having my side for once. Um, what do you guys think the Rumbles are going? Do you see any favorites? Uh, do you have any idea who might win? Do you have do you have any semblance of a of a final four? Like, what are you thinking the, in terms of the Rumbles? 
I'm kind of curious. I just want to kind of pose the question over on the Drew McIntyre side. Do y'all have any idea who his opponent might be? Like, I mean, that to me, I mean, that would be if you're trying to to, to venture a guess as to who might win the Rumble. Um, well, short of The Rock coming back and, and facing Roman and it being obvious in that way, there doesn't seem to be an obvious opponent for Drew McIntyre. But if one emerges, then he would be my favorite, whoever that may be. Can I answer the Drew question? Sure. So, again, it might not be the answer you want. But in terms of what the story is going, it feels like Sheamus is going to get heated up enough to turn on Drew based on their personal relationship. It feels like... You really think they'll do that at WrestleMania, though? I, I do, because if they... The perfect time to have done that would have... If you would have, if at the Rumble, if you would have been thinking yeah. conventionally the way WWE books, Sheamus would have got fed to Drew at the Rumble. Goldberg would have got fed to Drew at Mania. It feels like they're flipping it because Sheamus has kind of full-on turned pseudo face. Sheamus and Keith Lee had a whole hugging. They were team hell no for the majority of of Monday Night Raw. So, and we know. Yes, Sheamus was has been kind of overextended. He's kind of been in the populace and in those upper mid-card uh, main event scenes maybe a little longer than he should have been, which is kind of why people look at him the way they do now. Sheamus is always great for a match, and this is different than anything Sheamus has ever done because they legitimately have been best friends for 10-plus years. So you can have... Seamus is the reason Drew's new gimmick is the whole Scottish warrior. Seamus gave him the Claymore sword. Seamus gave him the uh, the tartan that he wears out now. So I think if you heat up Seamus and remind people that he's a stone cold killer, I think that could be the move. And I don't see anything else that makes sense to me unless you're going to redo Keith Lee again or, or you do Drew and Roman. But then... What was what was happening at the Rumble? So I I don't know I don't know. I have some ideas for like as far as the Rumble goes, I'm down to give a final four. Well, I'll, I better I'll do it this way. I'll give two people, two men, two women from each brand, who I could see potentially winning the Rumble. Because clearly, like you know, you're gonna have, you know, if if you go, let's just in my opinion, if you were to say Sheamus is gonna face Drew. I don't think Sheamus is going to win the Rumble. Me I think it will be someone else. Yeah. So the, the way I, the way this is kind of the way I look at it, a potential, we we'll call it a Final Four, but it's two from each brand. The men is a little bit easier to me. I mean, in my head, it, in my head on the men's side, the two from SmackDown I would say would be Daniel Bryan, and as much into the much of the chagrin of rants, I still think Kevin Owens has a place there. I still think that's a possibility, just because that kind of the way that ended. Yeah, I don't. Excuse me. I don't hate Kevin Owens in the situation. I just don't want to see another three months of Kevin sure. Owens wrestling Roman. Yeah, I get that. But I love KO. So that, and, that would be my And two quite years. frankly, KO deserves the spot if he were to be given that spot. Right. So so on SmackDown, I would say KO and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, for obvious reasons, I think it's just because he's a favorite already. And like he's kind of been like under the radar, but there was a little bit of that on SmackDown where he almost got won the gauntlet, that kind of thing. So those two on Raw, to me, it's Sheamus and it's Keith Lee. I 
you could I, I don't know anybody else you can like you said, Chad, hard to find an opponent for Drew right now on Raw. Can't really make an argument for a lot of guys. Maybe maybe an AJ Styles, someone like that. I don't I just but I mean I don't know about that one, you know? Um as far as the women go on SmackDown, I think it's Bianca Belair is probably the favorite. If I, I mean, if she's the one I would pick right now to win the Rumble, period, it would be Bianca Belair for the women. Uh, another name I think you could look out for on SmackDown. I don't know what they're doing with Sonya Deville right now. I know it's a little weird, but I still think that is a name that could win the SmackDown Royal Rumble. Those would be my two names for the SmackDown hmm. side. For the women, I'm all over the place with the women because I truly do not know. Um, I don't keep up with Raw enough. The only people I see on Raw that are women's wrestlers at the moment are Charlotte and Asuka because they're the tag champs and Asuka's the women's champ. I see Lacey Evans, who strikes me as someone that could possibly win it just because she's in an angle with Charlotte and there's Ric Flair involved. You're shaking your head. No, but I mean, I don't, they don't push anybody else on the women's roster right now. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler? I mean, there's, that's, that's what I was going to say that I was going to say Shayna Baszler would be my other person. Cause I don't, I don't believe Niall win it, but I, Shayna Baszler and Lacey Evans, just because of the Lacey, just because of the feud she's in right now, who it's against the people involved. She seems like she's getting a push Shayna because she's Shayna Baszler. I still think we could maybe if we're lucky, but probably not because no fans, I'm still holding out hope for the return of Ronda Rousey, but I don't know if it's ever going to happen. So that's where I'm at with that. Like, like right now, that's kind of like my pool of superstars. I don't have, I have not landed on anybody. I feel comfortable. I still think it's going to be, I, if I had to pick them, gun to my head right now, Kevin Owens, Bianca Belair, SmackDown wins both Rumbles. That would be my guess. I'll go next and then I'll give it to Chad. Um, so for the women, I, I guess my final four for the women are going to be Bailey and Bianca. And Charlotte, and I think I'll make my fourth Carmella. Okay. Um, but Bianca's going to win that Rumble. Now, my final four for the men's Rumble are Sheamus and Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn because it's part of the conspiracy. It's part of the conspiracy. I like it. But the winner of the Royal Rumble... Brother Rance is the Switchblade Jay White. Let's go! <laughs> Let's go! Who? <laughs> Let's go! Oh. The winner of the Royal Rumble is Let's the Switchblade Jay White. That shit ain't happening. <laughs> hey, don't don't take away my hat, sir. Don't do it. <laughs> Let's go! Awesome. I got so excited just now. I, I, I just got so excited. Kyle's just kissing your ass. That, he don't believe no, that. Shit. Legitimately, though, I do think Sami Zayn will be part of the final four of the Rumble as part of the conspiracy because I'm seeing a moment where, like, he thinks he's won the Rumble and somebody who they do one of those angles where, like, somebody was eliminated, but they weren't eliminated. They were just, like, out of the ring for a long-ass fucking time. And then he gets thrown over at the end. And it's just like, I was the winner. I was the only one in the ring. He was gone. Not me. It's a conspiracy against me. So he's going to pull the Santino. Yes. I love it. Do a good Sami Zayn impression. That was good. 
<laughs> Sammy's the man, and I would be here for that. I by give the way. my monthly donation to Sammy Fights for Syria. And like let it. it be let it be known that Kyle's my favorite human on the world right now for giving me that uh, that serotonin boost moment. Thank you. <laughs> that was fantastic. I would love that. I breathed with the switchblade. Uh, I have. No idea, gentlemen. I, I, that's funny. I mean, I, we talked about the format of this show, Rancid, I did the other day. I've had three days to, to ponder what my answers were going to be to that question. And I've probably, I mean, normally I would have thought about this six months ago. But, I mean, usually I think that there are some pretty obvious directions, even if you, you pay reasonably close attention to the product and just watch pay-per-views and read results. But, I mean, I don't think there is right now. I think if I had to go... With a final four for the women, I would go with definitely Bianca Belair, definitely Nia Jax, definitely Charlotte Flair. And as a wild card, I'd maybe throw in, maybe they'll have, um, good Lord, I don't know, maybe. If they loved us, they'd go in <laughs> we I mean, have my daughter and I put together resume. a big board for it and Billy Kay is is a name that I zoomed in on I thought that could be the the the, the Sami Zayn of the women's division type pick um, but I mean right now I mean the rumor I, I read most recently was Nia Jax is a potential Royal Rumble winner to face Asuka but the way they look like they're trending right now would suggest to me that maybe Charlotte is going to rekindle one of her rivalries against either Sasha or against or against Asuka. Because if you saw the segment she had with Ric Flair here recently, I mean, she's not long for the, the good side of the force, that's for sure. Um, I don't know if they'd do a repeat with her just to antagonize people and make the babyface champion that much more sympathetic opposite her. But I mean, I'm here for it. I would be. I mean, because I think personally, I think Charlotte is is great, and, and it's just a matter of putting her in a position that makes the most sense. But even still, there's not. I don't look at what's going on on SmackDown or Raw and say, "Oh yeah, that's going to be the title match." But I feel like Charlotte Flair is going to probably be involved in one of them. So, um, but repeat Rumble winners, I don't know. I mean, could you reheat Bailey versus Sasha? I mean, they they certainly. They closed it well, but there's certainly it's always a rivalry you can revisit, and all of and the the two of them have always wanted to face off at WrestleMania. That's an accomplishment. Bailey hasn't Bianca Belair. Sure, I don't know. And over on the guy side, Ripley. There's a name to just throw out there. Sure, you know, I mean, if you if you believe that there was once upon a time an actual plan for her after she lost to to Charlotte <laughs> Flair. Um, I don't know, but I mean, I look over at the men's side. If the the quick question is, is Braun Strowman out for the foreseeable future? Or is he someone who, I know he's injured, but I didn't, I didn't ever see what he injured. No idea. Cause he was supposed to face, he was supposed to be one of the next challengers in line for Drew McIntyre. And, and even though they have the natural story with Sheamus, Sheamus is so far removed from his days as a top-level star that I have a really hard time, as much sense as it makes booking-wise, 
to look at mm-hmm. that and say, that's going to be the match for WrestleMania. Drew versus Sheamus. That's he, he's reached that Dolph Ziggler lane. WrestleMania. He's reached that Dolph Ziggler lane where it's like, does his resume warrant him at any time being potentially a challenger for a world title? Yes. His resume means that literally any time you can do it. But at this point in his career, is he someone that I think of and I say, title match? I'm going to need you to never compare the great Seamus to Dolph Ziggler ever again. <laughs> in the uh, context in which it was presented, I like that comparison. That's uh, fair. He, the, the guy that, that obviously jumps to mind now, because I always I, I had assumed for months that they would do Daniel Bryan against Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. So now that looks like it's on the table for WrestleMania. I asked Rance, on Twitter the other day, is it too little too late to do that? I mean, obviously you can reheat Daniel Bryan pretty quick and there's no audience, but does that feel like it's, you know, that's, you know, pulling the trigger on something that's two or three years after, after it really would have worked the best. I'm sure they can have a great story, but I mean, it doesn't jump out at me as a WrestleMania match quite like it did, but I would put Daniel O'Brien in my final four for sure. I think Lashley will be in the final four. I think Big mm. E will be in the final four. And last but not least, looking at the Raw roster and maybe thinking that as hot as Roman is as a heel, it'll be easy to put together a story for Whereas if the Royal Rumble winner is from Raw, I think you then have a couple of months to build up whoever that might be. What about The Fiend? What about Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt against Drew McIntyre jumps out as one of the few newish matchups that they haven't done yet that has potential to... I mean, if you look at it, I mean, it don't, this, this type of stuff has always mattered to me. Bray Wyatt main evented SummerSlam. Bray Wyatt main evented TLC. Bray Wyatt has therefore main evented two out of the last five pay-per-views going into WrestleMania season. I don't know what this story with Randy Orton is, is ultimately going to, t- what, where it's leading or what it's supposed to say or where it's supposed to go or who's supposed to be the bad guy or who's supposed to be the sympathetic figure here. But the Fiend against Drew McIntyre does stand out as a realistic possibility. So I'm going to throw him in there in that final four and put him in as a strong possibility possibility to win the rumble my only retort to the fiend which is actually a fantastic idea i never thought about is that he's supposed to have a big blow-off uh gimmick match with randy at the rumble so he may not be rumble he might not be in the rumble a participant in the Rumble. but in terms of them that being where they did he 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 already uh declared he did Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. That might be though. That, that might mean be the move. The- Fair. Um, I like that Lashley pick, by the way, because he's the the one guy nobody talks about. Um, women wise, I of course, I think Bailey, I think Bianca, I think Charlotte are givens. And I'm going to go with Nia, too, because Nia's been built up really heavy over the past six months. Um, but I think I think Bianca wins, but I can see. 
and my reason for thinking Bianca wins is silly, but I feel like they're going somewhere with the Cardi B references. And I can see Bianca versus Sasha with Cardi B as like the ring announcer or something, and that being their pop culture moment of the night. Um, nice. Terms of the men, for sure, Daniel Bryan, I think he's the favorite, the odds are favorite right now. Um, I really like the Lashley pick as a final performer. Go with Lashley. Um, I'm going to go with E in the final four. And you know what? I'm going to do what you wanted to do but didn't do, Chad. Screw it. Say Braun Strowman's back in the final four. Why not? Why not? Um, and one more thing I want to touch on before we kind of close this up. Um, you alluded to the fact that there was no story or no reason for Rhea getting moved up for WrestleMania. There was a... Rhea Ripley did a... Um, interview with Lillian Garcia and she talked about the fact that there was a whole story set but the pandemic changed everything because if you remember um, WrestleMania the, the, I think three weeks before WrestleMania were when the shows uh, were without fans and after WrestleMania Rhea had some uh, visa issues so like that whole situation changed because of what happened with the pandemic she was supposed so, to beat Charlotte wasn't she? She was supposed to beat Charlotte. She was supposed to beat Charlotte, but because of the pandemic and Rhea not being able to defend the title or be there, they just let Charlotte win it and keep it moving. And so, for all we know, they might really not have had no reason and they're just talking, but I feel like I don't want to believe that they called her up and had that big of a move and that big of a spotlight on that title just to give Charlotte another reign. But, you know, they've done it before, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um... Before we get out of here, gentlemen, anything you want to touch on? Uh, anything we missed? Anything that's catching your eye in the world of sports entertainment? I go ahead, Kyle. You had something to say. I look like you. Were I right. was just gonna say the only thing that I would like is you know now that we're in that final road to WrestleMania, um, you know after WrestleMania they gotta like pump some new. Uh, Either they got to bring some people back from injury, or they got to shake these rosters. They got to pump some NXT people up, or. They they gotta shake this up. I, I I love what they're doing in a lot of places, but like they gotta shake this up. And I mean, you know, it, it's gonna be fine once the Switchblade wins the Royal Rumble. But like, I yeah okay. Um, Don't I, be a hater, Carl. Don't do it. <laughs> so when the when the Switchblade wins the Royal Rumble, and I hope he does for Rance's sake, because that would make him happy, and Rance is my friend. So. I just want to say this. The Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of the year. It is, I will actually be watching wrestling and taking it in more than I normally do starting whenever that day, whenever that is the last week of January, usually. So last Sunday of January, I believe. So I just want to say that if anybody on the, I'm, I'm, I'm plugging myself here. If anybody on the chair shot wants me to come aboard and talk about the Royal Rumble with them, by all means, let me know. I want to get on your show and talk. That's what I'm. That's what I want to say. That's what I want to touch on. I don't normally want to get on podcasts very often because I don't like very many people. But I will get on and talk Royal Rumble with anybody, anybody, not anybody, but chair shot guys. That's it. That's I, I would say. say that going into the Royal Rumble, one of the biggest things I would like to say that to see is one of two of 
following scenarios that would, to me, add a jolt of life to the situation. Because right now, I feel like we're talking about stuff that, you know, we're all like, yeah, this might happen. But outside of Rance getting pumped up and I share his enthusiasm about the Switchblade, about the Switchblade showing up and winning the Rumble, none of us are talking about it with that kind of Royal Rumble zeal. So I would like to see one of two things happen. Number one, I would think it great if the Undisputed Era showed up and maybe what and maybe Adam yes. won the Royal Rumble. Something, yes. something like that. Like just you, you don't have to fill a 70,000 seat stadium. There's no people there. This is a great opportunity to elevate somebody new like that and just let, let them sink or swim Perfect in an unusual situation. And there's nothing nothing left for the Undisputed Era to do but go to the main roster and see what they can do. That or I would love to see, and I mentioned this with Rance in our chat on Twitter the other day, I would love to see God bless WWE and the Edge versus Orton feud because I think it's been great. But I'd never dreamed of a scenario where my second favorite wrestler of all time, Edge, would come back from a near impossible scenario for him to come back to just so that in one full physical year, he could have three matches and they all be against Randy Orton. If they would pivot from that and maybe go a different direction, maybe have a blow-off match in February a la Triple H versus Steve Austin in 2001 and let Edge be a guy who could potentially face Roman Reigns or Drew McIntyre, either one of those scenarios is a perfect use of a legend because Edge is a legend everybody wants to see right now, and he doesn't have all of the backlash with him, yet he's a big name, yet he would put over which whichever one he faced, and both guys, I think, would be able to tell an amazing story with him. Undisputed Era or Edge doing something in the Rumble that leads to a, a jolt of excitement that I don't feel like is there for the Rumble right now. I'm with it. I like. I love it. I love both of those ideas. Um, I, I, I to echo your hope for Edge um, doing something different than Randy Orton. I love the Undisputed Era. I'm as big a fan as the Undisputed Era. But there's one thing the Undisputed Era hasn't done on NXT, which I think they're leading to, and that's fight each other. Um, I'd love for them to come complete and whole. Uh, but it feels like there's a, there's a fight between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly coming. Maybe that's just me hoping for that. But um, yeah. I mean, you I, know, I'm always here for an Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly match. I've seen enough Ring of Honor to know. <laughs> yes, they would when they when they go at it, they go at it. Um, other than that, I just I just want the Rumble to be good and noteworthy. I want us to to leave the Rumble having. All of the and all of the veal and all of the excitement that we normally have for WrestleMania. That's my only goal. That's my only hope. Um, with that said, Chad, it's first of all, it's good to, to get a chance to talk with you verbally again. I'm glad you're back. We missed you. The IWC missed you. Um, I'm glad you're back on the side of the happy again when it comes to wrestling. And uh, thank you for ha- making the time to come on, man. I appreciate it so much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. I uh, I am back on Twitter. If anybody wants to follow me at Chad McIntyre 13, 
I have brought back the Doc Says in a way. It's not a wrestling podcast. It's a Chad's going to talk about whatever the hell he wants to talk about podcast. Sometimes that's going to be college football. Sometimes that's going to be movie. Sometimes life. Sometimes wrestling. You, you don't. You never know. But it's the Doc Says. You can search for it on any of your podcast platforms and check it out. So it's been and uh great coming on and talking with you guys and i'm open to doing it again in the not too distant future if you guys will have me always anytime um kyle is this your world baby um i just want to echo brother rance's sentiments chad you're always welcome here on our show we love you man um y'all ladies and gentlemen don't forget you can find brother carl on twitter at outsider curvin k-e-r-v-i-n and you can also find Brother Rance on Twitter at JWhiteNZ. Switchblade, baby! Whoop. And also no, at It's Ray Cash. R-A-Y as a Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. You can find the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge CS. At Outsiders Edge, go fuck yourself. Um, for the record, for the record, I'm not even going to be mad at them because look at my new Brody Lee shirt I got on right now. What's look up? Look at that shit. That What's is up? That is so beautiful. screw you, Outsiders Edge handle, but please give us the handle, please. Also, <laughs> buy yourself a Brody Lee shirt if you haven't already. The proceeds benefit the Brody Lee family, and, um, you know, they're just some pretty badass shirts, so definitely do that. Um, I'm not rocking my Brody shirt. I'm rocking my Ethan Page shirt because it's Power Rangers, and I love that shit. Another um, possible WWE signing. Wink, wink. Here for it. Um, anyway, you can find the show. As always, we are part of the Chairshot Media Network at Chairshot Media, where you... Always sign Jay White. Boy, look at you. <laughs> hey, Platt, if you're listening, that's the new handle. We're using that from now on. And your head, too. Use your head. Uh, and as always, y'all, don't forget, we here at the Outsider's Edge are some increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything that we can out here trying to make it in this world. Sometimes we're going to say some things that you just need to hear, like the kids see it right and we don't. And other times we're going to hit you with some things that you also need to hear, like you're being toxic as fuck on Twitter and you need to calm that shit the fuck down. Please. But no matter what, y'all... We're just out here chasing our dreams, and, like, you have got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, in the new year and out the pandemic, we damn sure don't give a fuck. Nope. How do you say fuck up in my Ori? Mm, I don't know. We better ask uh, future WWE champion Switchblade Jay White. I'll say it for him in English. Fuck him. Thanks for listening, y'all. Catch you next time. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.